This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Deborah, wipe that off your face immediately. My mother said in a threatening tone when she saw the makeup on my face. And anyway, where did you get the makeup? It's forbidden in our house. Mom, I bought it with the money Grandma gave me. Please don't be so hard on me. I answered timidly, hoping my mother would feel sorry for me and let me keep the little makeup I got. That's out of the question. Give me your bag. My mother said irritably and snatched the backpack from my hands. Mascara, lipstick, eyeshadow, perfume. God, what a shame. It's all going in the trash right now. She shouted angrily and I cried with resentment. Hi, my name is Deborah, and sometimes I feel like I'm my mom's worst enemy and she just hates me because she does everything to make me look as bad as possible. My mother is very conservative in her views. For as long as I can remember, she always dressed very modestly, never wore makeup, and had her hair in a bun. All of this added 10 years to her age, but that's my mom, and I still loved her for who she was. You are my sunshine, my life, my miracle. My mother always told me in a gentle voice, and I was very happy to hear it, to know that she really loved me. It so happened that my father was not involved in my life in any way. So my mother's love was very important to me. But that all changed when I started school. Scarecrow. Dummy. Freak. My classmates called me names. They laughed at me. Did you find this dress in a century-old dump? Did a drunken barber cut your hair? And that's when I started to notice that I was really very different from the other girls. My mom didn't have a problem with money. She just always dressed me according to her taste. And her taste was very strange. My closet, like hers, was dominated by black and gray tones, old-fashioned clothes and shoes, and a very simple style. Mom, can I pick out my own blouse and skirt? I once asked in a clothing store. Of course not. You have no taste at all. I know better what suits you. I had to admit that my hair was really bad. I realized that when I looked at other girls' haircuts. But my mother cut my hair herself, and always the same way, never giving me a chance to object her. But the older I got, the more I resented the situation, and I had more and more questions for my mother. Why do I look like an idiot when the other girls dress stylishly and get their hair cut at normal hair salons? And they're also allowed to use makeup, Mom. I said indignantly, What do they know about real beauty and style? You should look up to me, not the other girls. She answered angrily, and after those conversations, I felt completely broken and worthless. What could I do if I had no right to influence what I could wear tomorrow? It would probably take many of years for anything to change. Maybe only when I could legally become independent, had it not been for one incident. One day at school, we were told to bring our own baby pictures for an event. And since my mom wasn't home, I decided to find and pick out a decent photo of my own. I pulled out a huge bag with lots of documents and pictures and started going through them. It took me a while to get through the pictures of earlier generations. And only then did I get to the present day. 
I was immediately surprised by my mother's childhood photos. In them, she was a beautiful, sweet girl, all dressed up with pigtails on her head. And me? Why do I look different then? I was even more upset when I saw this. Why are you doing this to me, mother? I spoke sadly into the silence. I wanted to understand at what point did my mother change and went from being a fashionable lady to an unattractive, gloomy woman. And there was a shock waiting for me. During the pregnancy and the first few months after I was born, my mother looked amazing. Beautiful fancy dresses, bright makeup, stylish hairstyles. Even her facial expression was different. I saw a chic, vibrant woman in those pictures. I could barely recognize my mother. But what happened to her? Why did she change so much shortly after I was born? My first guess was that it had something to do with my dad. They divorced when I was a little over a year old. And judging by the photos, it was right after that. My mom changed drastically, not for the better. Did she really give up on herself and decide to drag me down with her? I wondered aloud as I looked at the pictures. I had no other ideas though. So I settled on this version. But I decided not to tell my mother yet because I didn't know where to start. And I hoped that somehow it would work itself out. Maybe I should be a little more assertive in my desires and try to prove to my mom that I look better in a different, more modern look. I put the pictures back. Since my grandmother sometimes gave me pocket money, the next day I decided, for the first time in my life, to do a little shopping. I went to the mall and bought myself some amazing outfits. Two dresses, jeans, and a couple of stylish t-shirts. These clothes fit me perfectly, and they didn't make me look tacky at all. So I was confident that this time, I would be able to make a positive impression on my mother, and she would reconsider at least my closet. Mom, what do you think? It's nice, isn't it? I told my mom excitedly as soon as she walked in the house that night. What's that? Take it off. What a disgrace. Where did you get that belt? It's embarrassing. My mother almost forced me into the clothes she was accustomed to. Mother, how could it be? Why do you call this outfit embarrassing? I cried, but my tears meant nothing to my mother. She was adamant and firm. She ripped up my purchases and threw them in the trash. I was still not ready for a frank conversation, so I silently swallowed my tears and thought about my next course of action. The next step was a trip to the hair salon. Oh my god, who did this to you, honey? Hairdresser asked in surprise when she saw me. I felt very ashamed and uncomfortable. My little sister played a bad joke while I was sleeping. I answered in embarrassment. Let's try to fix it. I'll give you a stylish short haircut. And when your hair grows back, we'll do something more interesting. I walked out of the salon a completely different person. The new haircut fit me perfectly. And for the first time in a long time, I liked my own reflection. I was overwhelmed with excitement and joy. Now my mother wouldn't be able to ignore that I looked so much better this way. Deborah, are you trying to drive me to my grave with your looks? My mother muttered, clutching her heart when she saw me in my new hairstyle. You're a disgrace. My daughter will never walk around looking like that. Get on the chair right now. I'll try to fix this mess on your head. Mom took out the hair trimmer and just cut my hair short. I looked like a boy. Mom, will you stop? Look, you're making me look ugly. Why do you hate me so much? I sobbed as I looked at my reflection in the mirror. Don't be silly. 
You make yourself ugly with your experiments, and I try my best to fix it. My mom went to her room, indicating that the conversation was over, and I cried all night, curled up in my bed, imagining what had awaited me at school tomorrow. And I wasn't wrong. My classmates laughed at me, called me a boy, and asked me for my new male name. It was very difficult for me to endure such humiliation. I felt like I was starting to hate my mother, but I didn't know what to do next. The last straw was my mother's reaction to my first ever makeup attempt. I couldn't stay quiet any longer, so I pulled all my will together and said, Mom, we need to have a serious talk right now. Just don't try to walk away from the conversation. I don't have time, and I'm angry at you because you bought your makeup without my permission. She tried to leave the room, but I blocked her way. No, we'll talk. I've seen pictures of you before I was born and right after. Mom, you are a completely different person. You are a beautiful, vibrant woman. What has become of you, and how is it my fault? Is it Daddy's fault? I didn't hold back my tears, letting my feelings flow. My mother froze for a few moments, and I could see that she was confused. And then the tears rolled down her cheeks. Mom sat down on the couch and said, You're right. I used to be gorgeous and vibrant, exactly the way you're dreaming of being now, Deborah. But my beauty ruined my whole life, and I won't let you repeat my mistakes. Then I learned an even more shocking story. It turns out that my mother used to have a best friend, Diana, with whom they were friends for almost 20 years. But Diana was a single mother with a small child because her husband fell in love with my mother, even though my mother had never liked him back. Enraged with grief, Diana said to my mother, God damn you! I wish that one day you will be alone too with a small child on your hands and that you never have a happy personal life after that. At first, my mother didn't take those words seriously, but they were firmly imprinted in her mind. She didn't understand what she was guilty of because she had no intention of breaking up anyone's family. And she didn't expect anything like that from her best friend either. Once my mom met my dad, Diana's words came back into her head, stronger than ever. Dad often berated her for her vulgar appearance and told her to dress a little more modestly. He was hoping that after I was born, my mother would change and she wouldn't care about her appearance as much. But he was wrong. After my mom gave birth, she managed to get back into shape very quickly and she looked even better and more radiant than before. A wife like you is a disgrace to me. I won't put up with it anymore. I'd rather look for another woman, a modest one, said Daddy and left, slamming the door behind him. Mom became depressed and pondered for a long time. Who was to blame for what had happened? Her friend who cursed her, herself, or my father, who was too jealous and stubborn? In the end, my mother took all the blame on herself and decided to completely change her image as punishment. I'm not sure I'm doing the right thing. I just don't want you to go through what I went through. My looks have only brought me pain and disappointment. I want you to be better than me. My mother said in a trembling voice, your only fault is that you let the wrong people in and trusted them. I answered and hugged my mother. That night, we did our makeup together and had a little party for two, talking until morning. And I believe this was the beginning of our new life. Hi, my name is Agatha, and I want to tell you the story of how my father tried to get me into the military academy. But before I start, 
please subscribe to the channel and like my videos. It all started on that day, when Rob and I were playing Mario Kart at my house. As it always happens, we completely forgot about time. What time is it? I asked worriedly. Two o'clock, why? Oh crap, you have to go now. We had, by my count, about 10 minutes. Unless, of course, Dad decided to stop at the store to get his favorite muffins. Before we could get our heads together, we heard the front door creak. Honey, I'm home. There was a look of horror on my face. Rob didn't understand anything and was about to say something, but I put my index finger to his lips. Hey! I yelled back at my dad. You're early today! I heard him turn on the TV. I whispered, Leave, but be quiet. What happened? Rob also asked in a whisper. My dad hates all my boyfriends. He's also a retired officer and has guns. The kid got worried. All your boyfriends? How many of them did you have? If you're so interested, not many. You'd better worry about my dad not making a sieve out of you. He's got a real temper. Okay. Rob reluctantly agreed. I left the room and quickly made my way down the stairs. I walked up to my dad and put my arm around his shoulders. How was school? He asked, not looking away from the screen. Rob, meanwhile, was still upstairs. What an idiot! To give the boy a sign, I said loudly, Okay, just hope someone comes downstairs. What? Dad turned around and stared at me like I was crazy. I mean, the exams. I should study more. Oh, that's right. I turned my head and saw Rob walking slowly down the stairs. Can you go any slower? I thought to myself. My father was about to turn to me, but I exclaimed in time. What a kick! Nothing special. They're playing like a bunch of monkeys today. There was a rumbling sound behind me. Rob stumbled and tumbled down the stairs. I screamed. My father jumped up from his chair and quickly grabbed the bat that was always in the corner of the room. That's when Rob got really scared and realized he had to get out of the room as quickly as possible. He jumped up from the floor and ran out of the house. Dad rushed after him. Stop, you miserable thief! I, not wanting to be the reason Rob ends up in the hospital, yelled out to my father. Wait, he's not a thief! It's Rob! Dad stopped and looked at me. Even though he was silent, I knew exactly what he was thinking. That night, I got to hear it all. I told you not to bring guys here. In fact, you're not allowed to have a boyfriend. They stick to you like flies. It's not good. And all that kind of stuff. Then Dad added, If I ever see you with a boy again, I'll send you to military school. What? I was really surprised, to put it mildly. Yeah, you're a loose cannon. You need discipline. And I think I've been too easy on you. But that's ridiculous. Mom wouldn't let that happen. You leave your mother out of this. Dad went back to the TV. I slammed the door and hid in my room. That's just great. I complained loudly. Now I feel like I'm in prison. I needed someone to talk to right away. So I texted Sam. SOS, help me out. A minute later, I got a reply. What's up? I'm on a date. That's amazing, I exclaimed. There are dates and boys all around me, and I need to stay away from it. It was real torture. The next day at school, I grabbed Sam's hand and took her to the bathroom. Ow, that hurt. 
My friend was angry, but she obediently followed me. When we went to the bathroom, I checked to see if anyone was in there. It was empty. Then I said, Actually, I needed your help yesterday. I wanted to respond, but Kevin... I don't want to hear anything. My life is a nightmare. What's wrong? Nothing, except that yesterday, my dad almost beat Rob with a bat. He also told me not to go out with boys or he'll send me to the military academy. Wow. Yeah, that's right. I can't give up boys, but I'm not much of a soldier either. They'll cut my hair off. I can't handle that. What are you going to do? Actually, I wanted to ask you. I needed some good advice. Sam thought for a few minutes and then she exclaimed, Bingo! I've got it! Sam's plan was pretty simple. I needed to bring back my musical past. I used to play the piano and now I need to pretend to give lessons. Instead, I would be able to go on dates without causing much suspicion from my father. Not bad, except I'm not that good at piano. You don't have to play. Just say you were asked to help. My father fell for my story when I told him about my plans. It's a good idea, he said in his usual mentor voice. Maybe you should keep practicing because you quit so abruptly and you might make a little extra money. It's a start. I was very happy. Now it was necessary to make a schedule and assign a specific time to each guy. Adam would take Wednesday after four. That's about the time he gets off practice. And we could go to the movies. I scheduled Andrew for Friday, 5 o'clock. He promised to take me bowling. And even though I couldn't play, it should be fun. That leaves Liam. I saved Sunday for him. My only day off. We don't do anything special with Liam. Just hang around town or sit in front of a store and make up funny nicknames for people. Usually the lesson lasted an hour, but I told my dad that I managed to get the slowest students together. And they needed more time so I could stay for like three hours. I mean, have you ever seen a movie that lasts an hour? And then there's travel time and hugging. I'd have to multitask. Now it's time to tell you how it was put into practice and what happened in the end. On Wednesday, I prepared in advance. I gathered all my old music notebooks and came up with a cover-up story. What do you have today? My father asked me as I came down the stairs, carrying my music books under my arm and trying to cram them into my backpack as I passed him. There's a girl from China. They just arrived, and her mother wants her to take some music lessons. Hmm, well, good luck with that. I kissed my dad on the forehead and went over to Kim's. I mean, to Adam. We were supposed to meet at the box office in the movie theater. I had to carry my backpack everywhere, but it wasn't such a high price to pay for trying to somehow avoid military school and another fight with my dad. The no dating option seemed absurd to me, and I didn't even consider it. We only live once, you know. I was a little late. Adam muttered something to himself, but I safely ignored his frustration. A respectable girl is never on time. Who told you that? I read it somewhere. The movie was lousy. Adam kept trying to make jokes, and he wasn't very good at it. We kept getting shushed, and we were asked to behave. About halfway through the movie, I said I had to go out for a minute. Okay, Adam said. I walked out of the theater and went home. The next day, Sam asked, How was it? It could have been worse. We could have been forced out of there. Okay, first time didn't go very well. On Friday, Andrew and I went bowling. Of course, to my father, Andrew was an Andrew. And Pauline was another lost soul who wanted to learn how to play Mozart and Beethoven. 
bowling turned out to be even worse than the movies. I couldn't do it at all, which made me angry. And Andrew kept saying, I don't understand. It's so easy. You pick it up and drop it. He decided to show me how to do it and got a strike. See, it's easy. Well, if that's the case, we're not going to make it. I hate bowling in general. It's an old man's game. I took my backpack and ran. I was getting desperate. There was still Liam, but he and I were more like friends. All our communication was limited to trolling random passersby. But on Saturday, the day before we were supposed to meet, the guy texted. I have an idea. It's a surprise. I was in anticipation of either a grandiose disaster or something really interesting. Turns out, Liam had bought two tickets to the Dolphinarium. I didn't know we had such a place. I was surprised. Yeah, we have a lot of interesting places in town. The show was amazing. The dolphins did all kinds of tricks. Jumped through hoops, juggled balls. It was much more interesting than that dull drama that Adam took me to. And bowling? Andrew's stupid initiative. I didn't notice how or when, but Liam took my hand. I looked at him and blushed slightly. That day confirmed one fundamental truth. Sooner or later, quantity converts to quality. All I had to do was survive two disappointing dates. But even now, we couldn't resist and began to observe people in the crowd and make up amusing stories about them. Look, I pointed to a man in tight white pants with lush hair. Former jockey. Yeah, got hurt when he fell off a horse. Lives with his mother now and goes shopping in his old minivan. That was a good one, so it was Liam's turn. Over there, see? He's like, he's got a menacing face, like he's ready to pounce. And that's when I saw my father. He was looking right at us, and he didn't look happy. It's time to get out of here. On the way, I explained to Liam what happened. Weird, he summed up. Yeah, I'm afraid to imagine what's waiting for me at home. But I couldn't figure it out, what my father was doing at the Dolphinarium. I expected anything, shouting, accusations of lies, threats. But when I entered the house, my father didn't say a word. The next day, he calmly announced that he had submitted my papers to military school. My worst nightmare was coming true. No amount of tears or persuasion had any effect on dad. I locked myself in my room and didn't want to leave. Suddenly, out of the blue, someone came to the rescue. Liam texted me. Look, I think I have a solution to your problem. I sneaked out of the house and went to the place Liam had picked. He, without any greeting, said, It's a strange coincidence. I never told you about my father, but he's the director of the military school. The one where your dad wants to send you. A glimmer of hope. I spoke to him and he said he would help you. How? I don't know, but don't worry, my father will think of something. A week later, a letter came from the academy and much to my delight, I got a rejection. My father was shocked. He even wanted to fight with the management, but after a while, he cooled off. I told him more about Liam, I explained that it wasn't a fling, and my dad decided he'd give us a chance. So I didn't get into the military academy. That's a good thing. I would have been the worst student in the history of the institution. Have you ever been able to get out of a bad situation? Tell me about it in the comments. I woke up to a loud pop, frightened, 
I called out for my boyfriend. Tom! Tom! But Tom wasn't there, so I had to find out what had happened. I cautiously looked through the window. I saw my boyfriend coming down the drain pipe, and some girl was loading bags into it. One of the bags burst, and our family jewels scattered all over the pavement. You can't imagine how shocked I was. Tom, what's going on? I yelled. The guy, meanwhile, jumped to the ground, walked over to the girl, and kissed her defiantly. Then he shouted, I used you to steal your family's money. The whole world came crashing down at the same moment. Tears rolled down my face. Stop. You probably don't know what's going on at all, do you? Let me start from the beginning. My name's Lissa. My parents own a huge factory and were rich, very rich. How did I meet Tom? And why didn't I realize right away that he was pretending to steal our mansion? One day, I was walking through the mall with my friend Lily. We walked from store to store until we reached the most expensive boutique in town. The name spoke for itself, luxury. Once inside, we immediately noticed the stunning shoes. Gold color, decorated with rhinestones, unbelievable. The price was not significant, $200,000. But I fell in love with them at first sight. So without thinking twice, I took the shoes to the checkout counter. I was greeted there by a guy with the name Tom on his badge. Did you see the price? He asked in surprise. Yes, 200000 Here's the credit card. Tom almost dropped his jaw as he processed my purchase. He packed my shoes very carefully, and Lily and I headed for the exit. Suddenly, Tom called out to us in an uncertain voice. Excuse me, I'm going to finish soon. Would you like to have some coffee? Lily and I looked at each other, and then, without even turning around, we laughed out loud. We found the idea of going out for coffee with an ordinary salesman hilarious. My friend and I said goodbye in the parking lot. As I was driving down the highway, in my rearview mirror, I noticed a suspicious car that seemed to be following me. Even pulling into the grounds of my mansion, I saw the same car drive by slowly. Maybe it was just a coincidence, and he was on his way. I walked into the house, a huge mansion on the outskirts of town. Already in the bedroom, I unpacked my purchase. I twirled in the shoes in front of the mirror for a while. Very beautiful. I wish I could have gone to school in them and wowed everyone. Even though my family was one of the richest in town, I still had to go to an ordinary school with children from poor families. Unfortunately, there were no other schools in the area. Oh, what a contingent it was. For example, the next day while I was walking down the hall, some nitwit shoved me, which caused the books I was carrying to scatter all over the floor. What a jerk. I gritted through my teeth. I agree. Someone handed me one of the books. I looked up and saw the cashier from the store. Tony? I asked in surprise. Tom, actually. Actually, I don't care. I'm new here. Can you show me around the school? I laughed out loud without another word. Carried on with my business. At the end of the day, there was a nasty surprise waiting for me in the parking lot. One of my tires was flat. Oh crap. Wow, that looks like a serious puncture. Tom whistled. It was like he'd appeared out of thin air. I was not in the mood and barked. Piss off. Okay, just wanted to help you with changing the tire. 
Wait. <sighs> I sighed heavily. The spares in the trunk. Tell Jack the car up and replace the tire. He did it easily, like he'd been doing it since he was a kid. When he was done, the guy asked me, how about a cup of coffee now? Just for a little while? I only said yes because he helped me. Tom nodded and jumped in the car. We drove to a coffee shop nearby. At first, Tom struck me as very chatty, but I had to admit, his stories were very funny. One of them made me laugh so hard, <laughs> I even got coffee coming out of my nose. After the cafe, I volunteered to give Tom a ride home, but he politely declined. I shook my hands, started the car, and drove off. I could forget about the meeting, but at dinner, I accidentally spilled grape juice on the white tablecloth, and in the red stain spreading across the table, I suddenly saw Tom's face. There were his cheekbones, his forehead, his funny ears. I admired the stain and sighed languidly. My mother's voice brought me back to reality. Maybe you can help me take off the tablecloth. Okay, Mom. I spent the rest of the evening cleaning the stain and thinking about Tom. This had never happened to me before. I think I'm in love. When I met Lily at school the next day, I told her everything. My friend frowned. That Tom came out of nowhere. Don't you think that's weird? You're right. I should have gotten some information about him. Lily was worried about me. She was my best friend, and she was the only one who could deal with my hot temper. And what was our surprise? When we met Tom again outside the school, in his hand, he held a glass of coffee. Here, your favorite, with almond syrup, I remembered. The guy winked. Oh, thanks, but Lily and I have to run. I grabbed a glass, and my friend and I quickly left. I needed a break to find out who this Tom really was. So at night, I planned to check all social media and find out more about him, but not until after the gym, which I did every Wednesday. I stayed a little longer than usual that day. So, I had to walk through the dark parking lot to get to my car. Just when I was opening the door, I heard a whistle. When I turned around, I saw the figure of a huge boogeyman emerge from the semi-darkness. He muttered, Beautiful car. Must be expensive. His stone gave me a good scare. I wanted to run away, but my legs stopped responding. I'll call the police. But it wasn't so easy to scare the man. He had already stretched out his arms to grab me. I squeezed my eyes shut with fear. But a few seconds passed and nothing happened. I cautiously opened my eyes and saw Tom. Next to the guy was the defeated boogeyman lying on the pavement. He was shaking his fist and screaming in pain. Come on, let's get out of here, shouted my savior. You, you saved me, I whispered. Tom put me in the passenger seat and he jumped behind the wheel. The car screeched out of the parking lot. I told Tom the address of my house. When we pulled up outside the mansion, the guy exclaimed, Wow, this house is huge. While he admired the mansion, I admired him. It was great that he'd saved me and brought me home unharmed. Tom started to say something, but I didn't listen. I clung to my savior and kissed him. Tom hugged me and we kissed for a few more minutes. However, it was time to say goodbye. At home, I couldn't stop thinking about my Prince Charming and I fell asleep with a smile on my lips. So, did you find out who Tom really is? Lily asked me the next morning. Yes, he's my hero. My savior. My friend was confused when she heard me say that. 
but I didn't have time to go into details. I wanted to see Tom as soon as possible. So, I invited him over to my house for dinner. Come over tonight, and I'll show you around the mansion. I'm sorry, but I'm not ready to meet your parents yet. He hesitated. Don't worry, they're gone for the weekend. Tom closed his locker, smiled, and nodded. In the evening, I met him on the doorstep, and we had a real tour of my house. We visited almost every room. But for some reason, that study interested him the most. He was looking around with a keen eye. He was especially interested in my dad's safe. Tom kept looking at it and then suddenly started asking strange questions. When did your mom and dad meet? When were you born? And your parents? I was glad that Tom wanted to know more about me and my family, so I gladly answered all of his questions. After the tour, I invited the boy over to the table. We ate and chatted happily, and then Tom poured me my favorite grape juice. I was extraordinarily lucky to meet you here to our meeting, and you. Bottoms up. Wonderful toast, Tom. We clanked glasses, and I drank the juice. Suddenly, my phone rang. It was Lily. I had to leave the table, go up to my room and answer it. My friend was really hysterical. She was screaming. I checked it out! Tom the burglar! No way! I couldn't hear another word. My ears were ringing, my eyes were getting blurry, and my legs buckled, and I fell down. The last thing I remembered was Tom's sly smile, and the rest you already know. When I woke up, my head was literally pounding. Of course, the creep had put something in my glass. Tom had bagged everything he could find, and now he was about to flee the scene of the crime with his girlfriend. I used you to steal your family's money. I felt so sorry for myself, but wanting to rip that bastard to shreds helped me pull myself together. Meanwhile, Tom and his girlfriend jumped in the car. I ran to my dad's office. The safe was open, and there were bills scattered around. So that's why Tom was asking all those questions. He wanted the password to the safe, and apparently, he had succeeded. I rushed downstairs to the main entrance. I opened the doors and saw Tom's car heading for the gate. Well, I'd have to give chase. I wouldn't want to give up everything that belonged to my family that easily. But the tire of my car was flat again. It was in the same place it had been in the parking lot. Now I knew. Tom had a whole plan to lure me into his web. He slashed my tire outside the school, and that bouncer didn't just show up at the gym. Tom had sent him too. That bastard had to do everything he could to get me to like him. Well, he succeeded. He had me wrapped around his finger so easily. I ran out into the road in a panic. But all I had to do was to watch the crooks car leave the grounds of the mansion. Exhausted, I sat down on the pavement and wept bitterly. Suddenly, the sound of a police siren was heard somewhere nearby. This was my last chance to set things right. As I ran out the gate, I saw Tom and his girlfriend being detained by the police. Standing next to the police car was my Lily. My friend rushed toward me. Are you okay? I am now. Did you call the cops? Yes, right after the call. We hugged. I was so grateful to Lily for being there for me. You're lucky. The robber took a long time with the safe and didn't have time to get away, said the policeman who came up to us. Thank you, officer. I walked over to the patrol car. Tom was sitting in the backseat handcuffed. He looked at me with eyes full of hate. I smiled and waved. 
The police left, and Lily and I went back to my place to celebrate my rescue. By the way, that story had taught me something. After I'd almost lost everything, I realized that I was worthless on my own. So it's time for me to change. I'm learning to be kinder and better, and Lily's helping me do that. What life events made you change? It would be great if you could tell me your story in the comments. And don't forget to like this video and subscribe to the channel. Bye! Mrs. Dunn, I can't let you in. The head of the mansion's security said sternly, blocking my way to the helipad. He used to be good to me. That's right, I'm Mrs. Dunn. It's my house too. Get out of my way or I'll fire you. I didn't even think I could be so bossy. Your husband said that you are deprived of your right to property. It is true, temporarily. This square cretin coldly rapped out and smiled disgustingly. You want to know why it all turned against me? Well, okay. My name is April, and this is the story of how I married the ugliest but richest guy for his money. I freaked out and went to the garage, where my faithful personal driver was always waiting for me. But the driver refused to drive me too. He just looked at me in disappointment and said that after what I'd done, he wouldn't even let me get in the car. But we're friends, help me. I pounded my fists desperately on the limo glass. Mr. Dunn is my friend too. I never imagined that you could hurt his heart so much. The driver shook his head and turned away. Well, I don't care, I'll take a cab myself. While I was hailing a cab, it started pouring rain, and they wouldn't even let me under the roof. Everyone in the mansion hated me. Although having lived in poverty for a long time, I imagined life in the mansion as something fabulous. You think this is going to be a story about a poor gray mouse that no one noticed? No, it wasn't quite like that. That's the thing, I've always been beautiful. I didn't have any money for makeup, but even without it, guys liked me. In fact, it was for my natural beauty that they valued me. But our life is not a love affair. Beauty doesn't matter to many people, if you don't have a scent. First of all, my terrible worn clothes ruined everything. Even the guys who liked me didn't dare go out with me because they'd just get laughed at. Secondly, my mother worked as a janitor at school and was strict with everyone. She was always trying to protect me, but it didn't help because I was an outcast for the rest of high school. I had a hard time getting into college. It was there that I finally began to feel like a normal person. The students didn't pay as much attention to my status. I realized this when all of us, poor and rich alike, gathered for a student initiation ceremony. There were several hundred of us in the gym. Everyone was having fun. And then paint came pouring down from the ceiling. It was really cool. Then the senior men handed out water pistols. We poured water on each other. And student life would have been fine if I hadn't, out of habit, avoided people. I had only one friend, Ellie. I was blowing guys off because I was ashamed of myself. But then there he was, my future husband. There was a rumor going around college that Dylan Dunn was going to appear in person at the session. All the girls were excited, and some of them even changed their looks to get attention. Ha, <laughs> Dylan Dunn. Is that shirt for Dee Dee? That is so ridiculous. I was amused by his first and last name. But Ellie didn't share my humor. This is the son of Alan Dunn himself. Someday his designs will eclipse the glory of Apple. 
So that's what this is about? Is it all about the money? I didn't even try to hide my disappointment. He's a millionaire, and he must be so handsome that our athletes can't compare to him. No one has ever seen him before. Indeed, Dylan was not on any social network, the mysterious millionaire, and there were a lot of rumors flying around about him. Some of the girls even suggested that Dylan and his family were mysterious vampires with unimaginable wealth, like in Twilight. But the guys were only leaning towards one theory, that Dylan Dunn was just a rich jerk. And then the day X came. Dylan arrived at the college in a fancy limousine. Everyone was shocked. The limo door swung open all by itself. The girls gathered around in anticipation to see how the handsome man would step outside and the sun would sparkle on his cold, pale skin. All these dreams were shattered by amicable laughter and whistling. Out of the limousine came a guy as ridiculous as possible. Nickname Dee Dee suited him perfectly. He was unnaturally thin, with long, bleached hair. Instead of a classy, stylish suit, he wore stretched, shapeless clothes. On the first day, Dylan was named the ugliest guy in the entire college. But you know what surprised me the most? The girls still ran after him. I don't get it. It's about the money again. I was pacing around my friend's room, fiddling with a pillow. People don't care about your looks as long as you have money. Ellie calmly watched how the contents of her pillow were flying all over the room. And you think that's normal? I hate greedy people. April, relax. My friend even stood up. Why does that worry you so much? Because I've never held more than a thousand bucks in my life. I've never had any money, and greenbacks ruined my life in high school. Everybody's so obsessed with it, they forget about humanity. And then I noticed that my friend's entire room was like covered in snow. I destroyed all the pillows. The worst part was realizing that secretly, I wanted to be rich too. I told Ellie one thing, and in my head I kept thinking about the fact that I wanted, for once, to feel what it was like to be rich. And soon, I had a chance to find out. In front of a pair, Ellie caught me in the hallway and took me aside. Dylan likes you! Her eyes lit up with excitement. Why would you think that? He looks at you in that way. And half the girls in college want to kill you for it. That's ridiculous. I turned away and suddenly bumped into Dylan. The weirdo stared at me without blinking. And then he held out his skinny hand and smiled. Oh no. Or, oh yes. What should I do? My head simply shut off at this moment. It's not just a guy, it's a millionaire. If I reciprocate, then all my troubles will disappear on their own. I would have money. On the other hand, I didn't want to stoop to those who chase guys for money. And Dee Dee, though a ridiculous freak, is still a human being. I couldn't do that to him. And you already know that I couldn't resist the temptation for long. It all started with gifts. Dylan didn't dare give them to me personally. He'd toss them to me or give them to me through the guards. And he himself watched me closely from a distance. At first, I just ignored the gifts, and then I started giving them back. Dylan, don't waste your money and my nerves. I don't want anything from you. I'm sorry, but you are not my type. I returned the unlimited membership to the best spa center in town that he'd given me. Dylan said money was such a small thing. The most important thing is a person's soul. And then he added that he could see he wasn't my type. But he didn't understand that. 
because other girls are not repulsed by his looks at all. I had to tell him the truth, and I told him honestly that for a purse full of millions, they are ready for many things. I know, he answered with a smile. That's why I like you. Accept my gift. It's from the bottom of my heart. You barely know me. Why all this? Dylan said that I was the only one and that he really liked me. Me? Oh, look, what a beautiful bird. I shouted and ran away like a complete fool while he was looking in the direction I had pointed. My head was filled with all kinds of thoughts. I didn't like Dylan at all, but he liked me. What's more, he is willing to shower me with money just for talking to him. And that's when my head exploded. I started talking to Dylan, and then I started pretending that I liked him. And the more I pretended, the more generous he was. It's true, I had to transfer to distance learning. It became dangerous to be in college. Dylan's admirers gave me hell. Of course they thought it was because I was beautiful, so the main blow fell on my appearance. They pelted me with all sorts of nasty stuff and ruined my clothes. But the most cringeworthy part was ahead. They grabbed me and put a lot of self-tanner on me, and one of them took out a hair clipper and shaved me bald. I ended up being a bald bronze statue. But Dylan didn't turn his back on me and started spending even more money on me. And then we flew to Paris, and he proposed to me, right at the top of the Eiffel Tower. I couldn't refuse. It wasn't out of love. But I tried to kid myself that getting married would make him happy, and me, rich. Everyone will remain on the plus side. Ellie didn't approve of my position. That is so low. I don't believe you will do that. You're the one who disapproved of the pursuit of wealth, and now you're one of those dolls? She didn't even look at me turned her back to the window. And then she continued, you're taking advantage of him. I can't believe my friend has turned into such a monster. And we had a fight. She didn't even come to my fancy wedding. Now I was fabulously rich, but that didn't make me any happier. Money didn't warm my soul. And the longer I lived in Dylan's mansion, the worse I felt. Everyone here adored my husband for his kindness. Already at the age of 19, he was contributing huge sums to charity. What's more, as it turned out, he used to be handsome. Dylan ruined his own looks to show everyone that beauty is not the main thing. And he loved me very much. Everyone at the mansion respected and appreciated me, but no one knew what a snake I really was. The situation worsened when I realized I was falling in love with my husband. That's wonderful, you'll say. No, it's a total fiasco, I will answer. At least I used to be able to lie and play my part. But the warmer I felt about him, the harder it was to deal with my conscience. I wish I'd told him the truth right away, but I didn't. I don't know how he found out, but maybe Ellie did. Dee Dee drove away, and I was left in a mansion with people who hated me. That's why I was waiting for a cab in the pouring rain. I knew where Dylan was going. That's why I followed him, to tell him how I felt. Dylan, I love you for real. I couldn't hold back my tears, and I hugged him, but he pulled away. Why should I believe you? You're such a good liar. Dylan, I'm ready to lose all the money. I'm ready to go back to that trailer where I spent my entire childhood, as long as you forgive me and believe in my feelings. You don't have to give me a dime for the rest of my life, but I want to be with you. This conversation went on for a long time. 
and Dylan said he'd give me another chance. But now everyone would be watching me closely. I paid the price for my greed by losing people's trust, lost a friend, and almost lost my husband. There's only one conclusion to be drawn. Greed ruins lives, turning people into animals. Have you ever succumbed to greed? Share your stories in the comments. Like this video and send it to your friends. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.